All right, welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Grappling Podcast. I'm your host, Ed, along with my co-host, Coach Brian. This is the Level Up Grappling Podcast, the official podcast of PCI Jiu-Jitsu down here in Mission Viejo, California. And as always, we've got another amazing guest. This is truly, as Coach would probably say, is the pinnacle of our, <laughs> of our, episode, our yeah. guests in, in essence. Not to, not to downplay anyone else, but either way. Uh, that being said, we've got the one, the only the war master and if anything i would say the face of modern day catch wrestling mr josh barnett welcome to the show sir oh thanks for having me all right thanks for making time to be on the show and uh, super excited to be here um i i first got really introduced to you when coach brian kind of pushed me into competing at the last uh competition that we had um for the acwa and uh, it was quite it was quite an interesting uh, experience for me not having really I don't have a ton of experience in catch wrestling except for what I've been training with coach for. And I'll be honest, when I first got to the competition, everybody was weighing in and doing all that. And I and again, being a beginner in all of this, the, my little funny story around it is that I was like, oh, there's going to be, you know, a novice division. And here's the weight. And I see you walking in and someone was talking to you about, you know, the divisions and you're like divisions no it's just weight class i was like oh crap here we go so but uh it was a it was a super awesome experience it was a great competition and for those of you guys um listening and you guys are in the area if you guys are willing to come out to the area uh in december they're having an uh the acwa is having another competition it's a really cool format um it's got all the amateurs um going with catch wrestling and then there's even the professional fights uh the professional matches and so I highly recommend that if you guys are interested to please sign up. It's a fantastic event. It's a really awesome community of people coming together to 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 grapple, to catch wrestle. And um, so with that, Josh, thanks for making time to be on the show. Just to kind of get started here, how'd you get into catch wrestling of all things? Well, it was what was available to me, although I didn't seek it out deliberately. Um, but as someone who came from a wrestling background and then started building, uh, a submission oriented, uh, game around that, as well as doing Muay Thai and stand up and trying to just be a well-rounded fighter from the very beginning. Um, when I made my way to Matt Hume, uh, that's what he had learned his submission skills from was from a catch background from the Japanese side of things through shoot wrestling pancreas shuto so it just was where I came from it was also for me I, I always looked on it as being a benefit because there was no restriction of what holds we could learn and use whereas especially early on jiu-jitsu was very much anti leg locks anti neck locks and you know their process was very much take down mount and uh, arm bar or take the back and choke or end up playing off bottom pull guard um, look for your sweep your triangle your arm bar but to be honest you know people really started to pick up on that stuff fairly quickly and then adaptations had to be made and as you see the the way MMA plays out these days versus the way it played out 10 years ago 20 years ago it's obviously very different because uh, all games all systems will be gamed eventually. You know, everyone will figure out how to min-max uh, whatever that game is at some point. Uh, but uh, the more I got involved in catch, 
and having also a, a love for professional wrestling ever since a young age, the more intertwined I saw the whole thing, and it just kind of led me on a path that ended up in a pro wrestling ring as well as an MMA ring as well as on mats grappling people. That's awesome. Um, that's so kind of building off of that, how, like uh, the way that I was introduced to you was kind of like you look up catch wrestling online and your name is the one that primarily pops up everywhere. How, what was kind of your pathway and how did that kind of come to be in a sense? Well, I mean, the easiest way to describe that is I, I win. That's what it comes down to. I was going out there winning world titles, beating people, and competing and winning. If uh, if you're not on the mats and you're not out there competing, and if you're not out there winning on top of that, then nobody cares, to be honest, when it comes to combat sports. They're just not interested. And this is a results-based um, endeavor, uh, which is why I'm always harping on... Um, on folks online about you need to get on the mats. If you want to call yourself a catch wrestler, but you don't wrestle, you don't compete, then you, it doesn't matter. Like you make almost no impact unless you're going to train and develop competitive athletes under the catch wrestling banner, which they're going to have to go and do jujitsu based competitions. They're going to have to fight MMA. They're going to have to compete in what's the most widely and, and uh, available, the most widely available and known combat sports. Uh, structures, you're going to have to do it. That's just that's just the way it is. And if you're unwilling to, then you know, don't be surprised. If nobody takes it seriously. But right now, we we came from the land of traditional martial arts, and oh, that's too deadly to be used in a ring, and all the other BS excuses. To a fully like, you know, put it put it uh, put your money where your mouth is kind of attitude from UFC one. And all that expanded from the no holds barred to MMA days that we see now, you got to do it. And there's more than enough competitions out there to go and apply your skills. And if it just comes down to rule set and you, the excuse is that, oh, I can't win under this rule set, then you're just not a good enough athlete, is what it comes down to. Because, you know, I didn't show up at the 2007 IBJJF Nogi Worlds and go, well, but you don't allow this or that or this or that, so therefore I'm not going to compete. No, I just showed up uh, a week on a week advance notice and then won it because going out there and competing is what you do. Uh, I didn't go to Metamorris and go, yeah, I'll, I'll wrestle for your heavyweight title, but you know I need you to do it in a way that, that is more akin to what I normally do. It's like, well, no, you just go out there and compete. And... Uh, I know that the ability to find catch wrestling tournaments is really few and far between, but this is also why uh, me and Fergus McTaggart created the ACWA to give people an opportunity to have some place to go out and compete. And to be honest, we don't do skill divisions because I feel like that's kind of a bullshit concept. And that if you want to have like JV tournaments, which is what would be the equivalent, then yeah, okay, I can see that. But all these different belt categories are ways that they can get more money out of you. You know, mm -hmm. if it was just restricted down to the best people that could win in a 16-man bracket, if you had qualifiers leading up to it for, let's say, IBJJF or S 
BJJF or whatever jiu-jitsu competition, if that was the case, that would be a massive and drastic reduction in capital that they're gaining from these events. And they make millions of dollars, millions and millions. I would say they're making tens of millions in profit every year with the IBJJF alone. So if you got rid of blue belt world champions, <laughs> which is such a <laughs> bullshit category anyways, uh, the, the loss of income would just it would devastate the uh, EIBJJF. So there, there's no, re no way they're going to do that. And with me, other than this tournament coming up, we don't even run weight classes most of the time because I don't need people getting stuck in the weeds about what weight class they need to make. They just need to show up. And whatever you're weighing that day, we pull you up, and we get you out there, and we get you on the mats. And that's what's most important. Look, and if, if you need to be 10 pounds lower to, to be competitive, well, then that's on you. You know, you should do that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's usually not the weight that's a big problem. Until you get to the lower, lower, the really low weights, where you know, 10 pounds is a much higher percentage of someone's body weight than otherwise. But you're over 155 pounds. You're over 170 pounds, and... You know what? Uh, you just got to get out there and put your skills to work. And you know, and if you're a novice, a, a quick way to get better is just to go out there and compete. And there's lots of white belt divisions and blue belt divisions you can do in jujitsu-based uh, rule sets. But for catch, I want it to resemble amateur wrestling as much as possible. And in amateur wrestling, we do not have skill divisions. Either you're on the mats or you're not. Very simple. Yeah. All right, I have a question. You know, since you you started the ACWA. Yeah. What is your vision for the ACWA in, in terms of developing it and then promoting catch wrestling? Well, I mean, if, if the potential to take it all the way to getting catch as an Olympic sport, well, yes, I would do it. But I don't have any grandiose ideas because they, I think the Olympics would rather have more ping pong and badminton players than wrestlers, <laughs> per se. Um, but... Uh, I mean, I think most of what's in the Olympics is just cringy and lame anyways because it really lost the concept of why we're holding these games in the first place. And there's way too much that is equipment-dependent, let alone you're like, well, is another event in gymnastics really – does that really deserve another medal? Does it really, like – you know, they always go on about the swimming – uh, you know, some swimmer winning multiple medals. And it's like, he, he like swam the 50, the 55, the 60, the 65, the 65 backwards. It's like, it's all the same shit practically over and over and over again, but you keep call, treating it as if he won a completely different discipline. But he didn't. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's obnoxious, but people like to hear it. They like to hear all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the Olympics has fallen into the entertainment aspect of it a bit more than it, it really had that it really should have but nonetheless my point is to create an organization where we can sanction events outside of uh southern california at some point have uh structured proper refereeing credential um creden credentialing process and uh and get these things so that we can expand it as big as we can and make something that shows a clear path from collegiate wrestling as well as international level wrestling to a submission-based competitive environment um, 
without having to completely think about things as a as an entirely different style or sport. So what are your thoughts on using the ACWA as an umbrella organization for affiliates so that people can, you know, like similar to the IBJJF where schools can become affiliated with the ACWA to either add some type of curriculum or have some type of affiliation with catch wrestling? Because I think that there isn't a broad enough umbrella right now. I know there's little groups here and there. Everybody's part of something, but there's too much too many factions and too much infighting. And in my opinion, either you're the one that does it because you're the figurehead for all this internationally, or nobody's going to be able to do it because nobody can touch you in terms of, you know, putting every body together. We all look to you as like, you're the guy. If you do it, if you say, this is what we're doing, everybody's going to follow. If you don't say it, nobody's going to do anything. Everybody's going to continue fighting with each other. Well, uh, with regards to people fighting and, and bickering and all this kind of stuff, that's not going to go away. The only way that that goes away is if those people uh, pack it in and just leave, um, and or or go with what's what's with the winds of change. If something becomes the dominant um, uh, the dominant paradigm there, and then they're kind of forced to. But ultimately, like that's something that I have no interest in myself or the ECWA or anything that I do getting involved in because it doesn't do any good. And ultimately, you cannot win by bringing somebody down. You can only win by elevating yourself. And if someone is unable to see that, if one person can elevate things to a higher level, it gives the opportunity for everybody to be raised to a higher level. But that's only if they're willing to to look at it from... The, from from a perspective outside of their own biases and, you know, see, like, maybe they do have to make some changes or uh, perhaps maybe they have something to add to it, but only if they're willing to get along with it and get on board. Um, that's its own situation, and, you know, that that's just human nature. But uh, as for, like, affiliation stuff, I do have plans to create my own affiliation uh, directly under me, uh, UWF USA affiliate program for catch wrestling with accreditation and levels and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't take something like that lightly, and I'm trying to learn off of Eric Paulson's model, among others, because uh, there are those that have been doing it a lot longer than I have, and they've already been through the ups and downs of difficulties of running these sort of things, so you know, I'm really kind of looking to that guidance to avoid the early pitfalls and be ready to deliver something that people feel is really worth the value because, you know, it's one thing to make it. It's another thing to keep it up maintained and updated and that gives people what they feel is a value for what they're doing. Now, with the ACWA, affiliation in that regard would be something more like uh, an AAU or USA Wrestling accredited gym and members and things of that nature. And, yes, that's exactly where I'd like to go at some point because with that kind of accreditation... You can send someone to one of those uh, to one of those gyms and know that they're going to get proper coaching, uh, or at least you know the bare minimum that, that these people understand it, what what is necessary to get on the match and compete. The other thing is is that it would allow for the refereeing and the running of the events to to be uh, standardized, so therefore other people can run events across the country, which would do a really 
which we do a lot towards expanding all of this and then uh, working towards the U.S. Open every year um, so that we can crown national champions. And, you know, this year we're going to, we're going to give awards for first through third. But if over time, if we've get, if we've got the numbers, you know, maybe we eventually are like the, uh, the NCAA where we're doing all American status for people first through eight or first through fifth, something of that nature. But, uh, um, it, it all has to start somewhere. And so, we're starting with getting the events going here in uh, Orange County and trying to run four of them a year. Uh, next year, I think we'll run the U.S. Open in the summer. That way we can work towards maybe picking people from the U.S. Open to go to England in October to compete over in the Snake Pit Worlds. And eventually, you know, we'd like to hold our own world championship here in America under our system. But... You know, ultimately, we just need to do what we can to help those that are out there really putting on the higher level events and with the intention towards growing the sporting and competition aspect of it. There's plenty of instruction, books, videos, you name it, seminars. There's more than enough of that out there in the world. There is not enough of competitive catch wrestlers in MMA and grappling. That totally makes sense. Um, well, I'd like to kind of circle back to some of the more of the ACWA stuff. I, I'd like to give a huge shout out really to kind of your staff that operates those events and runs them because, uh, being that this last one, um, was my first one there. I, I felt, I mean, it was just match after match after match after match. Um, even with the pro matches if, sprinkled in there and the amount of work that, all the scorekeepers, the the refs, everybody, including yourself. I I want to just say thank you because it was a, it was a really pleasant experience. Um, I thought it was very well run, and it, it was awesome because it's not like there was there was one ring and everybody got to watch everybody, and it was like for as much of there was a competitive spirit. I also felt that there was a lot of camaraderie because I I think you don't obviously we don't see a lot of catch wrestlers and and anybody who I truly in a sense label themselves as a catch wrestler and so uh for, so thank you to you and your staff for putting such an, a really good event together and like i don't mean to just kind of promote your event but really if you guys are interested in competing i highly recommend you guys sign up for the december one um and give it a shot i, I remember my in that competition coach brian was making fun of me because the guy that i ended up having to go up against um was a guy goes his little his name goes by rilla wolf and it was I was like totally intimidated by this guy, but it, it was it was a it was a fun match because he was suplexing people left and right, and I was like, God, I'm going to get suplexed <laughs> again as a beginner. But but in in that sense, being thrown kind of into the fire of like, yeah, you know what? There are no you know classes, there are no divisions in that in that sense. Is you go in, you weigh in, whatever you pull the weights together, and you go after it. And I, I think to your point, it, it brings up this feeling for me of like, you know what? Yeah, this is really as raw as it gets in the sense of competition that you're just going to show up and you're going to compete. You're going to be faced with different challenges. You're going to be faced with different people. You really is unknown as to what's going to happen. Um, and it was, it was a huge learning experience for me. I mean, I tripped over my own feet in both rounds that I, in both matches that I had, but one way or another, it, it's, it's really exciting. What do you think, 
where do you think that catch wrestling really started to kind of in essence take a decline in popularity and is now uh, seeing kind of i guess an uptick i wouldn't say it's a big uptick personally but i think there is an uptick in people understanding and recognizing even just the term catch wrestling uh i think there's an uptick because jiu-jitsu or i should say especially the no-gi jiu-jitsu game has stolen such a huge amount of stuff from the catch and shoot wrestling side of things and now dubbed it their own uh that you're seeing these techniques all the time some people though you'd be surprised um are actually really um open and accepting of the oh this is a catch thing oh show me more show me more oh that's really cool other people get real defensive and nitpicky about it where they want to just deny that there's anything other than what it is that they do um but nonetheless, I think that that's a good reason for seeing uh, some, somewhat of an uptick, uptick, but that uptick comes with a uh, potential downfall, and that is of catch being entirely absorbed into jiu-jitsu and forgotten um, without any... Because there's a lot of jiu-jitsu guys out there with massive time put into wrestling, and they still call it jiu-jitsu, and you're like, uh, not really. You know, to me, jiu-jitsu at the end of the day always has to do with the gi and if you take the gi off it's submission wrestling if you want to if you come from a jiu-jitsu background you can say yeah well you know i approach this from the bjj perspective or the japanese jiu-jitsu perspective the wally j small circle jiu-jitsu perspective whatever um but once the you're not using the the gi anymore i feel like it's a completely different sport in in a sense um although i don't think it's really difficult for someone to take a gi off if you if you can't go out there and if you're a high level guy in a gi and if you take the gi off and you can't be high level without it then you're just handicapped you have specialized to the point of creating a weakness um so you know that's just a thing out there for any of the jiu-jitsu folks watching like do not hamstring yourself go out and compete doesn't have to be my event but whatever if there are these no gi events out there Go get on the mats because you are not going to be able to do this for very long in your life. So you need to take advantage of that, that opportunity while it exists for you because when it's gone, it'll be gone forever. Um, but with our events, our goal is to run them like a, an international wrestling event, like the NCAAs. Uh, I come from a wrestling background. Fergus McTire comes from a wrestling background. Hell, most everybody who's working the event all comes from wrestling. We have some people from USA Wrestling, um, Southern California USA Wrestling, helping us at this event, at these mm-hmm. events. And we want to run these matches as tightly and as professionally as possible. want everybody to understand what's going on and feel like they're getting a, a nice, fair, objective um, mat space to go out there and compete in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way that a wrestling event is ran. This one coming up will be running on two mats because we've got such a high amount of competitors already um, uh, pre-registered, which, by the way, registration is available. It's only $40 online. It'll be 50 at the door, though, uh, because I'm sick and tired of you guys waiting for the last Smart. second. Um, <laughs> and women compete for free because we're trying to build up the women's divisions, and it's just a, a natural state of the, the nature of combat sports that you'll have a third less women, as you will men, 
even in the best of scenarios. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to get them on the mats and, and know, show them that this is a welcome place for anybody to get out there and to go out and compete, uh, regardless of level, regardless of sex. So um, we just really want to run a really fun and well-organized event. And, in fact, uh, on the Eventbrite page for the U.S. Open of Catch, we've got a, a breakdown of, of the – we have a, a frequently asked questions portion that I added, and I also put uh, a breakdown on the timing of the day, when how when weigh-ins start, when they end, when the rules meeting will happen, and when you should expect your first match. That's really cool. All right, I have a competition question because, you know, what you were saying – what annoys me is you have these people now, especially with the no-gi stuff. Everybody, I say it all the time. There's a lot of people that steal from catch. You know, look, I was trained under Billy Robinson. Uh, my Mount Rushmore is my three, my three people most influential in my grappling life. Chris Howder, Billy Robinson, Josh Barnett. That's it. I can eliminate everything else grappling in my life. if I. Those are the three human beings, the three grapplers that have most influenced me over the years okay so it annoys the hell out of me when i see when i know stuff is coming directly from catch and then people with certain accents and you know try to have be mysterious figures say that they've kind of uh, invented through some osmosis of the universe a particular move or whatnot and i go no this is old catch you know you didn't invent this dude but what was it like for you to compete against gordon ryan what did you feel in there uh, if you had like a full training camp, do you think it would have been different? I'm curious to know because I think there's a lot of mystique around him. Personally, I don't see anything that far out of the ordinary. I just think he's doing catch wrestling. Even from the bottom, he's just kind of adapting catch wrestling to a very methodical way and nobody knows how to react to catch. That's what I see. But I'm, I'm curious what your opinion was. Uh, I, I, I think that, well, for one, I... If I was to compete against him, if I could have, even back back then, I would have changed everything in my preparation towards that event because uh, he didn't come in until like a week and a half out. He got brought in, and I'm like, well, okay, whatever. You know, I've got no one of even half his, half that quality to train with at all. So it's like, well, you know, you make the most of it, and, uh, you know, you got to be ready for a guy like that who is specialized in grappling um so for me training for fighting was one thing but when you have to go against the the no-gi guys that are all they do day in and day out is spend every waking minute of their their lives training to do no-gi grappling well then you you got to go and dive into that specialist toolbox as well uh and you got to prepare for that uh hyper specialized high level uh athlete you know the team that we were competing against I was expecting I'd, I'd take on uh, uh, Antoine Jout, more of a wrestler. Like, okay, yeah, 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 we got it. And, uh, you know, if I meet up with Craig, I can try and use my body to stall him out and a few different things, you know, who's also incredibly good. But then, yeah, Gordon jumps in at the last second. It's like, well, okay, that's different. And then that was the deciding factor on our team moving forward. So what do you do? Um, I think he's the best there is at the game, for sure. And the Besser has been at this point. Um, but uh, I do see a lot of catch and wrestling-derived concepts in what he does. But 
he is a special kind of anomaly of a person that can make it all work and be so deadly focused on what it is that he's trying to do with his life in combat sports that you see the results that you do. Um, the guy eats, lives, and breathes his, uh, his training and his art, and that's what it takes to get to that, to that level. And, you know, when I was his age, I was more like that. These days, the body doesn't yeah, allow me to do that <laughs> in the same way. But um, I think he's pretty fantastic at what he does. Uh, I think there are some people that have, that they miss, they don't understand how he's approaching the game. And he's, he tells them all the time how they're screwing up on such a small and simple level. But they're not listening, you know. So uh, I take it that he has an insane IQ towards what he's doing. I think his coach, um, regardless of your opinions on him uh, in any way, really is like an autodidact type person that can look at something and understand it in a deep and meaningful and way all the way to the mechanics and adapt it and adjust it, um, which seems to really be working for the athletes that uh, that he's working with. Um, but to say that catch hasn't been brought into that program, that would be, if they don't know it, well, then I'm telling them right now. <laughs> and it's, it's not that it's necessarily going to elevate me because I'm not the one doing it, but it shows that the principles of catch wrestling absolutely have a place in the highest levels of, uh, of combat sports. If you, if you doubted that as you're sitting here listening to a UFC heavyweight world champion and a guy who's been ranked in the top 10 of the world, held the top five in the world for most of his entire career as an MMA fighter. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that's it. That's I think one of the, I would just love to see a little bit more, honesty you know and transparency and be like hey yes you know there there there's a tremendous amount of great stuff coming from catch this is what we got here's how we're developing it you know this is what what works and you know blah 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 but you know whatever i don't know if we're gonna see that tip of the hat but those of us that know see it (laughs) i don't think so either i don't think it's gonna happen Uh, i just really don't think it's gonna happen because everybody is so afraid of giving credit to anything other than themselves, um, they think that somehow the the magic will be broken and and something else will now be given precedent. But yeah. it's just not the case. Uh, and I have no problem talking about where certain arts in grappling have things to offer because it's you know not every art's necessarily complete. And some don't even necessarily need to be, yeah. depending on how they're being used. But you know, if uh, if I got something from a jujitsu guy that made my game better, then I give them full credit. Um, when it came to getting a jujitsu black belt, I never intended to do that. But I was put under testing by Eric Paulson, yeah. and so I demonstrated that I could do everything that he asked, and then some. Because while I didn't have to train jiu-jitsu to understand how to train in the gi, I just knew it. I could pick it all up. I got, I understood the concepts and the principles and what was being done. I did have a little bit of, uh, of a background in judo as well. So it, it all was easy for me to adapt and understand and, and demonstrate. And because I can demonstrate that, that's why Higa Machado has me ranked as a second degree black belt. But 
make no minds, I come from a catch background. I am a catch wrestler. Um, but if you're doing this long enough with enough understanding, then you just keep seeing the same things over and over and over and over again. And while everybody in jiu-jitsu knows what a kimura is, if I show them how to do a double wrist lock the way I do it, nine times out of ten, they're just like, well, I never thought of it like yeah. that at all. Yeah. Yet, a moves and moves and moves and moves. Yeah. There's, uh, and that's, I think, to your point, Josh, one, one of the things, I think the key structures that's missing if we just look at the grappling community as a whole, not to just single out BJJ, but catch to me is there's so many concepts in catch that if you understand the concepts, and this is what I learned from Billy, I've learned from taking seminars with you and watching your videos and stuff like that. There's so many, there's the, if you understand the concepts and the mechanics that are ingrained within catch wrestling, it makes your jujitsu better. And it makes the vision of the, the, the board, the playing board, so much easier. And I think they, they, miss out, they miss out on that. You know, whether they're intentionally turning a blind eye or they think that they know better. But there's concepts there that are, you know, just kind of lost or, or they, they, they tend to ignore. You know, that's why it's so easy. Okay, yes. Even let, let, going beyond that, just the, how you do your, your scarf hold, how you set up a scarf hold. Right. I remember. So there was a seminar at, at at Paulson's gym. This was right after you beat Dean Lister at Metamorris. And uh, I, I, I was nagging you that day and I said, OK, you need to show me how you you submitted him because there were so many people online. Oh, it didn't. It, he was just tired. That's the only reason why he tapped. I'm like, bullshit. There's something to this that people are not understanding mechanically. And I made you do it to me i almost died i was just like holy shit this is like you know but i needed to feel that you know because yeah i understood the concept but that the way that you teach the scarf hold the way you teach that position and the way you apply that pressure and mechanically and conceptually is something that is not taught right and it's lost and this is why people people well, say yeah, oh it doesn't work they, oh, it just, works. They, they lost it it fucking works i i say they yeah. lost it. They just, they just don't know how to make yeah. it work. And, and, and like, look, I, I always give credit where credit is due. I quote you every day in class. I quote Billy every day in class. I quote Chris Router every day in class. Yeah, I always give credit to my influences and the people that have developed me. And I say, guys, here's why, you know, people in BJJ say this, this scarf hold doesn't work. Now let me show you how we do it Josh Barnett style. And this is, this is where it gets sticky. And everybody's like, holy shit, how can we never learn that before? Because you didn't learn it properly. It's really that simple. You know, here's the concept. Here's how you do it properly. Oh, wow. Oh, it does make a difference. Absolutely, it does. You know. Yeah, well, because there is a potential to get your back taken, uh, they just yeah. skip it. They just completely disregard it because they don't know how to use it well enough. And they're also underselling their 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 athletes and their students think oh well it's too tough to teach them how to learn this so i'm just going to skip it I'm like okay well uh everybody was really disregarding the mount position now mount's yeah. all great again <laughs> you know it's like it, it was never that the position was bad it's just your ability to use the position effectively was a problem that's it and if you look at mma these days straight up jujitsu 
BJJ really is not used at all. It's almost all, it resembles far more catch wrestling than it resembles jiu-jitsu in any shape or form because you can't really play guard anymore. Everybody knows how to just stall it out, get their strikes in, and just everybody who gets taken down just works right back to their feet, gives up their back, wrestles from referee's position, uses the wall to stand up, and then keeps yeah. going. Um, you know, the, the number one submissions are not because people are taking them down, setting them up, taking their back. No, they, they get on top, they ground and pound, they hurt someone, or they drop them and near knock them out, then they jump in on a front choke, or then they take their back and they get the sleeper. Nobody really, hardly anybody sets up submissions anymore. But also, people are starting to realize that getting a takedown isn't sufficient, that you got to learn how to keep them on the floor. And that's one of the big things that's missing right now, and this is where catch would really come in handy, um, especially if people were paying attention to the Dagestanis, who are heavily wrestling-based, and they use that wrestling to get the pins and the control points that they can actually apply uh, an effective ground-based assault, be it with strikes or with submissions. But until you can keep someone on the floor, well, then there's no way to employ your your game there, and that's where catch and just your basic folk-style wrestling work is really going to make a big difference. And, you know, don't let anybody tell you differently. Catch wrestling is folk-style wrestling, and folk-style is catch wrestling. Folk-style is catch with the submission aspects removed because that's where the style in America really took off catch as catch can and eventually became folk style. We got that from the Lancashire boys and that's an inheritance. A quick question on, so both of you guys are talking a lot about kind of the physicalities of obviously the techniques and the movements. And you also talked about really how long a practitioner can compete. What would you say um, is kind of, the the markers in when you say hey catch is probably i'm probably leaning towards the end of my comp you know competitive abilities um versus just even it's kind of like when i got into catch understanding how brutal these submissions can be and how brutal they are at what 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 are kind of signs saying hey you know what this is really how much time you have to compete in order for us to be able to take advantage of that window of opportunity. It doesn't always have to be brutal. I mean, your training can be, can be uh, really light. To be honest, you don't have to punish the shit out of each other every single time. And once you understand the conceptual reasons of why you're going to, you're going to punish someone on top or on bottom or whatever it is, um, you it'll be fine. I mean, the thing that's going to wear you down the most is stand-up wrestling um, and taking falls from that. Uh, but uh, on the ground, you know, just be careful with the heels and the necks. And when you get that double wrist sucker top wrist lock, don't always try to win the world championship. So having good training partners will extend your your career a lot longer, knowing how to... to tap out when it's necessary in practice will save your body to go a lot longer, but it really has to do with how your body holds up and getting those hard, brutal practices in is, is good, but also make sure you stay in shape because when you, when you get out of shape and you lose mobility, you lose flexibility, you don't have the condition, you start getting tired. That's when you're going to get hurt. Hmm. And then just kind of for those who are listening, who are, who do not attend a catch wrestling school, how 
how does somebody know that when they go to a catch wrestling school, if they claim to be a catch wrestler or to have a catch wrestling curriculum, that it legitimately is catch wrestling? Well, that's difficult. Um, I mean, <laughs> they've trained under someone like if they've taken seminars from Billy Robinson or done accreditation under Jake Shannon or I don't know, it's really tough and it's going to be, it's like anything, right? You can go and train at a jiu-jitsu school and the instructor is, you know, his belting is correct, but maybe he's just not a good instructor. Um, so it really just varies from place to place and it depends on the individual uh, and the format of the school. I'd say a lot of folks are not going to have the opportunity to train with a really high level or legit catch guy, but if you just get in any gym and start training and find the wrestlers and work with them, get a training partner and, and get instructionals and work off of the stuff on those instructionals and do your own drilling and practicing on the side and put it to work in your live rounds, I mean, that's how you're going to develop it. And realize that even if you're a catch wrestler, that doesn't mean you're going to look like Sakuraba or me or Minoru Suzuki or whomever. You're going to be you. Because you, you've got your body, your temperament, your skills, your structure to work with. And that's fine. Don't, you can, you can look to people in, in, in a, um, uh, what is the, the term? Like, uh, in a positive, um, envious, in a, in a, in a situation of positive envy, envy of the, the things that they have that you would like to achieve. Because since someone is able out there to do it, that means it's a possibility. But then from there, you need to figure out what your path looks like and uh, and follow that as far as you can. Mm-hmm. So so if it's kind of circling back to what you were talking about, actually the both of you guys were talking about how there were a lot of people who were taking on heavy, let's just say heavy influences of catch into their styles and they're not, in essence, giving direct credit to catch wrestling. Do you think that... Maybe this is more of a personal question to you with what you're doing and your journey with all of this is that in essence you are – is it almost a battle of reputation in the sense that like you were saying, a lot of kind of the BJJ guys are taking some catch wrestling moves and they don't want to give credit towards it and how that in a sense can impact the way that people perceive what catch wrestling is. Do you think that what you're really also working on, even whether it's through the AC, uh, the ACWA and or just even you as, you know, with the Warmaster branding, personal brand in essence, that you are trying to solidify what catch wrestling is and so that it, do, it, it doesn't have, in a sense, these kind of misunderstood or misrepresent, misrepresented perceptions within our grappling arts? Um, sort of, but I just, I want to create an environment that showcases a, um, a competition style that they can go out mm-hmm. and compete in and a, um, a competitive discipline, a martial art, so mm-hmm. to speak, uh, which would be, you know, training catch wrestling from the perspective of that as your fundamental base in terms of how you approach combat sports. So the ACWA is a competition environment where anybody can come out and compete in the rules and the structure of catch as catch can. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people, you know, even if they're going to train, even if they're jujitsu folks or sambo or judo, and they come from that background, but they're still going to enjoy competing in catch and and want it. I want them to want to compete in this style because they find it so 
um, action-oriented and, and fun and exciting. Uh, but from the catch as a, as a discipline, uh, the, the thing, the best thing I can do is develop athletes that are out there competing and winning. That's mm-hmm. that. You know, I got Victor Henry in the UFC. I sent, I built Shayna Baszler up to the UFC and now she's in the WWE. Um, I've got a handful of people that in, are in professional wrestling that have trained and still do train under me. And I've got, uh, you know, people fighting in MMA and competing out there in the world that are all have, uh, a good, um, uh, a good um, primer into catch as catch can, if, even if they hadn't been trained in catch wrestling from the ground up from me. So that's mm-hmm. my goal, and I think that's the, the best thing that catch can do to keep itself alive is to have athletes that people look to and go, don't fuck with that guy, he's legit. <laughs> that girl, yeah, she's tough as nails. That's it. And being out there and competing and winning, that's the way to do it. Got it. And uh, just out of pure curiosity, and please forgive me for my ignorance, but what, uh, when it comes to the ACW and the professional matches, what what determines or how does somebody become an actual professional catch wrestler to p- compete catch in professional uh, events? I put the match together. That's about it. <laughs> um, it's just something I started doing as a placeholder, so to speak, for professional matches. We have a rule set. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how to referee them. We can do them. But, um, you know, it's just, a it's just a little cherry on top of, of the, the, the dessert that is running these catch events and nice. say, okay, here's a pro match where these guys can yeah. go out there and compete. And, you know, mostly it's, um, it's just a, a, a short selection of guys that, uh, yeah. I know don't necessarily want to jump into a tournament and, um, you know, they just want to go out there and get a match in and maybe people know of them mm-hmm. from competing in catch stuff already, or maybe they've competed as uh, MMA guys, who knows? But it, right now yeah. it's, to be honest, it's, it's not the prime concern of what we do at the ACWA. Mm-hmm. It's just something cool that we like to put mm-hmm. together. Um, but, uh, honestly, like the effort, the main efforts really are in the tournaments because, I yeah. think that uh, while you can go out and win a, a fight-to-win match, right, that's pro, at brown belt, let's say even, what the fuck is that compared to winning the U.S. Open in grappling? Or, I mean, sorry, in freestyle. Or winning the Division Two National Championships, even that. Like, that's way more prestigious mm-hmm. than winning a fight-to-win or a who's number one for the most part. Uh, same with, like, if you're an NCAA you know, division one champion or even a, you know, you, you're the third bronze medalist in the NCAA division, division one championships. That's huge. Being in that tournament, being in the freak show, that's massive. That's what we want the ACWA tournaments. We want those amateur tournaments to be looked upon as doing the U.S. Open, the world team trials, uh, the, the NCAA division one tournament, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, ultimately where the majority of our efforts are going to be and in time you know the pro stuff can can work itself out i i think one way of uh propagating that would be to add the ability for the competitors to do side bets like in the old days Mm -hmm. so their purses can be determined by what they want to put on the line themselves um and then we just give them the environment to compete in it um 
we can also do, if we're, say, able to do pro matches in a ring, we could even add rope escapes to the equation as well. Um, whereas if you, let's say, you took three rope escapes, that's it, you lost by TKO. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, so there's things that can be done, but um, it, it's enough to get amateur tournaments running smoothly and mm-hmm. and s- smoothly, safely, and at a level that is constantly pushing the, the boundaries of, of the level of competition on the mats. That yeah. is hard enough, but that's ultimately where the most of our, our energy is going to be put. And I just don't think there's enough guys in catch to even really warrant being paid to go and compete. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's just not there. But yeah. in time, it will be. That's awesome. That's all. Yeah. Now I was just purely curious because again, when I at my first competition, my first ACWA competition with the pro matches sprinkled, I, I was kind of like, so what? 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 How are these guys pros, and why are they pros, and how does this all work? So I was a little confused around it, but, and that's kind of. And if anything, I think my first match was supposed to be with um, uh, what's who was it? Nick Kaja, I believe is his name. And, Nick um, Kajia. Kajia, yeah, and so, uh, but I, he ended up. I know, I remember he ended up pulling out because his. I think his knees were just pretty much fried by by the time we were up, and so. Um, but it was just, I was just purely, and I follow him now on on Instagram, and it's just really fun to watch what he's doing outside of you know, what what I saw him at ACWA and how he's doing all these Taekwondo competitions and other catch wrestling competitions. My understanding, he's actually. I think he already did or was going down south to like South America for for catch wrestling down that way too. Huh. So it's just it's just really interesting just this kind of world of of catch wrestling and you know coach Brian and I we have a we have a fan out in the Alabama area um Eric Couch and you know he goes to a catch wrestling school I think it's an Eric Paulson um kind of affiliate but it's just it's just a, it's a really cool community in my opinion and again I want to just thank you for putting together the ACWA and bringing people together. I think that's the big pro- proponent of this, all of this is that, and like you're saying, it gives that platform for us to be able to compete, to be able to challenge each other's and more or less challenge ourselves to grow. And I, I think it's going to be very exciting to see where all of this heads. And so, yeah, that, I was just purely curious about the pro stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, we're going to have two pro matches on this card coming up. Or the, the event nice. coming up will have Eric Hammer versus Dave Waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, you saw compete against Nick Kajia. He stepped in yep. for Harry Smith um, on short notice and won with a hammer lock. Then we've got, uh, and Dave Waters has won four ma- three matches uh, in the ACWA, he beat uh, Luis Ojeda by mm-hmm. pinfall. Uh, he beat Harry by referee's decision. And he beat uh, Chris Crossan by pinfall. So Dave's been doing quite well for himself, so we're going to put a couple two local badasses against each other on the mats. Uh, and Hammer has won, like, two ACWA tournaments in the past as well. Um, then we've got Nick Kajia versus Travis View. And, uh, Travis View has done some catch wrestling before out there. I think he did one of the, um, uh, Snake Pit, which is, uh, not the Wigan, but, uh, under Joel Bain. I think he's done some competitions out there. I know when they used to do the Frank Gotch Invitational, he took second in, in mm-hmm. that, uh, I believe. 
And, you know, this was Nick's idea. So I'm like, whatever, man. I love you, Nick. Uh, you always come out. You always show up. And if Travis wants to wrestle, then you know what? I ain't shit for money in it. But, uh, yeah, we'll put it on. We'll let you guys go yeah. out there and do your thing. And, and it's, awesome. again, it's more about just getting people on the mats, getting the competition out there, giving people the, the moments. Folks can say, oh, yeah, we're going to watch a pro match right now. Yeah, it's just, you know, a little cool thing to add to all that we're yeah. doing, and to show that, yeah, okay, if this continues to get bigger and better, there's places for it to grow to. And, Absolutely. you know, someday, hopefully, we can run full pro catch wrestling cards, you know, out here, or, uh, or and as well as having maybe multiple tournaments of ACWA amateur tournaments over the nation. And I'm doing what I can to work with people in organizations like SCUA will be running a kids tournament alongside us at the same time. They'll probably have hundreds of children out there competing that day on the mats. And trust me, they're going to be looking over and seeing what we're doing and wondering like, Whoa, what's that? You know, how do I do that? What, how is that different from what we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, we've got people from USA wrestling helping and you know, the AAU is still around. So Anybody that I can find that, that wants to help us grow and be a part of a legitimization process, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm about. And I know that there's people running their own events out there, and that's great. You know, and I, I really, really, really highly um, suggest not just to be critical, but to, in fact, help them grow. As like, look, you got to put some time, more time and effort into the way you produce these things. You know, just filming it on Instagram is not enough. You got to try and figure out a way to do a to do a better presentation with what it is that you have, and and you know you got to start somewhere, but but have goals in mind of where you want to take things. And we film, we filmed uh, the last three tournaments, and we'll film this one as well. But the, why we haven't released anything yet is just simply because I need money, time, and people to edit, mm-hmm. do graphics, everything to put all this stuff together. You know, I could just edit it up and just put it out there as just a big empty thing with no labels, no graphics, no nothing. And, you know, good luck. Find your match when you can get it. But I actually want to have the the colors up for who's what, what their names are, all that kind of stuff. I want it to look mm-hmm. professional. And, and uh, you know, it's it's there's a certain sunk cost in it that you don't have to keep paying for. But, you know, i got to find the people to do it first. And, yeah. Um, so far, we haven't lost any money on any of these things, but we don't really make much money, so we mm-hmm. keep putting back into what we do. And you know, as we can, we grow, we grow, we grow. And I might do an Instagram live like I did last time, just so people can tune in. But mm-hmm. I don't save any of that um, because I'd prefer it if you if you were local, you paid the five bucks and come out, and sit in the stands, and watch. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, um, just a, just a way to continue to spread the awareness, even if it isn't forever. And that's fine. And eventually, we'll get these these tournaments all done properly and edited up and up on YouTube. All right, I got I got one final question for you because this is important, I think, especially for people competing, be it in a catch tournament or just competing in general. What is the value of practicing pins? Hmm, it's a huge value. Um, First off, when I do my seminars and I'm teaching these these people all over the nation and all over the world, 
So I go, look, when you pass guard and you end up in sight control, what is this? Wait, how long do you have to be there? Three seconds, huh? So you have to pin someone for three seconds, don't you? <laughs> and when you mount them, you have to pin them for three seconds, don't you? Or four seconds or whatever it is. So the pin is even acknowledged and given precedent towards scoring in jiu-jitsu, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Pinning is incredibly important. Uh, and I believe pinning has to be an example of total control, which is why I don't allow you to pin inside the scissor or inside the guard because, yeah, okay, you're on top of them, but they've got their legs wrapped around you. they got their hands on you. They can manipulate your body. You can try and stack them, but you can't really do much with it. Um, it's a better place to be than on bottom, but to me it's not total enough. Whereas if you can get to half guard, I feel like, oh, you really got a person stuck there. And, and any other position from that. Not to mention, if you take someone's back and they roll, they lay back on top of you and spread their arms out, it's like, what are you going to do with that? Technically, yeah, you can get their shoulders on the mat, but to do what? You have no ability to really control where this is going to go. And if they're choking you, good luck. You're in a submission. Which is the higher priority? You not looking at your opponent, trying to force their their shoulders to the mat or them choking the life out of you, which is another reason why, let's say, if you're on top and someone's got an arm bar on you, you can't score a pin, you can't score a pin in that arm bar because you're also caught in a submission. So that's not total control. Control could go either way. Um, but when it comes to MMA, that pin is huge because taking someone down is not sufficient enough. You need to keep them on the floor, and that's where that pin comes in, in, in handy. And in jiu-jitsu, if you want to control that person and stop them from putting you back in guard or continuing to work on their, their sweeps and advances, you got to learn to pin, which is why you've seen Gordon and so many of those around him keep emphasizing pinning constantly. They, they won't stop talking about pinning anymore. It's like, well... You know, I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, that's why my school's called PCI Jiu-Jitsu. It's pin, control, isolate. I got that from Billy. You know, pin the closest joint. He'd be yelling, pin the joint, right? So it's just like, this is what we do. We pin the closest joint, control the surrounding area, and isolate for the two-on-one. I mean, it's a simple methodology, but you it all starts with the pin. You've got to start pinning. Pin, 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 and then pin again. You know, that's got to be the foundation and the basis yep. for everything, you know? not Cirque du Soleil Capoeira shit. And, you know, <laughs> and whether people even understood it, even all that Cirque du Soleil stuff, all the Birambolos and all the tricky entries, eventually where does that end up with? You eventually yeah. having to pin, right? It always comes always. down to it. They, they, they may not acknowledge it or I, I see it that way, but if you explain it to them, they, they start to get it. They go, oh, I guess technically, yeah, I'm pinning too, aren't I? I go, yeah, you have to. Because <laughs> if you're not pinning, how are you controlling? If you're not controlling, how are you getting yeah. the submission? Even if it's a super fast transition, at some point you're going to control and isolate a yep. joint to finish it, or you're going to control and isolate the neck to yep. choke. So, you know, it all comes together at some point. Love it. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Josh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for thanks for all that you're doing. Um, thanks for putting together the ACWA competitions. Um, it's something that we at PCI Jiu-Jitsu really want and would continue to support. I think it's a fantastic tournament. And again, for any of those, uh, for those of you guys listening, I the one coming up in December, whether you've competed or not, just go sign up and sign go. up for it. Yeah, just go. There, sign there's up so for much it. more fun. So because otherwise you can get charged just, fifty there's, bucks. There's the so much more fun. <laughs> so. I tell everybody, it's such a better pace. You know, there's no stalling. 
because there's a pin involved. There's pin or submission. Don't fuck around. Get on the mat and mm-hmm. let, let's see what you're really made out of. If you want to really grapple, this is the only tournament that currently exists where you can actually grapple to a full expression without having somebody stalling out on you, holding your sleeve, you know, pulling your ear and just, you know, being lame. I hate to say it, but there's no butt scooting and yeah, guard pulling. Yeah, uh, we enforce stalling yeah. hard. Yeah, there's no guard pulling. But if you if, look, if, if your takedowns aren't good enough, then, you know, take a yeah. chance. And if you fail, you can always go yeah. to guard. But where I'm not, I to me, pulling guard is passivity. It's refusing yeah. to engage, so I don't allow it. Just the same as you cannot run off, be ran off the mat over and over and over again. That's passivity. That's refusing to engage, and that puts you. That's going to put you down and down a point. Um, and if you're just stalling, you, there's you get two calls. On the second call, a point goes to your opponent. Third one, we DQ you because. Nobody showed up to stall. Nobody showed up to to try to avoid actually competing against one another. And if you did, we're the wrong tournament for you. But also, if you think that doing this type of tournament means you can't use guard, that's not true. And if this type of tournament doesn't make you better, even at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, then you're doing Absolutely. it wrong. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. 100%. Ed, anything else? Oh, we got sandablesports.com forward slash PCI Jiu-Jitsu. Always for ten percent off your purchases, so get that in. Make sure you put in that discount code of PCI Jiu Jitsu at Sandable Sports. And this has been awesome. You guys got to get there to this ACWA tournament. No excuses. That better there better be a line out the door. Otherwise, I'm coming to your school and kicking the crap out of you. We all need to support this tournament. You can sign up. It's on my Twitter. It's on my Instagram. It's on the link in my bio, which I'm sure you've heard that phrase yeah. a million times. Uh, go sign up now, 40 bucks, $0 if you were a, a lady, and uh, you're guaranteed at least two matches. And, in fact, depending on the size of your bracket, you if you end up losing at some point in the main bracket, you drop into Constellations, man, you could be resting five, six matches on the day and come out with yeah, third place. Yeah, it's got to be So done. you're going to get There's yeah, really no excuses. If, if you're saying you're a competitor, if you're a competitive grappler, this is the tournament you need to do. It'll warm you up for everything else. You're going to get a different perspective and your game. You're, you're going to develop as a, as a grappler. You're going to get better from just doing this tournament period. You know, is what it is. Ed, anything else, sir? I agree. Josh, thanks so very much. That's it. Josh, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. I know you're in the car, <laughs> but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being with us. Um, if we've been, I know that coach Brian's been wanting to get you on the show for quite a while. In fact, mm-hmm. I have as well. So, but, can't so uh, can't thank you enough for for being on. My pleasure. Uh, Jake Shannon will be out uh, with a booth um, at the tournament. He'll have uh, books and DVDs and all kinds of paraphernalia and stuff all around catch wrestling. Billy Robinson's uh, principles, all of that. And then there's a uh, gentleman's fight club will have a booth there too. They make fantastic, you know, clothes, sweats. Uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that kind of stuff. And they work with a lot of the athletes that I have, like Victor Henry and Jonathan Powell. Um, and, you know, who knows who else is going to show up at this thing. But, uh, you know, we aim to put on the best tournament we can. And so thank you for having me on today, guys. And uh, I look forward to as many people uh, that are watching this uh, showing up to the tournament and going out there and getting their comp- competition on. Thanks. Very cool. Thanks so much. All right. Take care, guys.